Hey, Josh. How you doing? Well, it's good to be back. It's always annoying to come away, you know, try and come up and analyze a, a draw, especially in the way that this one was played, right, where it just felt off and ugly at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about it. But like I said, it's always good to be back to talking about soccer regardless. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody's a little bit frustrated right now, a little bit confused of what's going on. So many people injured. There's, you know, still the mystery hanging over. Is Vela back? Is he healthy? What What's going on? What actually happened to him? Why was he subbed off? Oh, is he actually hurt after all? Um, you know, they, they get a win against, against Austin. 2-0. Good result. Good way to open the season. Team looked okay. Uh, play against Seattle. 1-1 draw. And, you know, we look a bit disheveled, a bit toothless. And then this game against Houston who is kind of a wooden spoon contender in most people's eyes. And you eventually get a goal after a really bad first half and then concede within 30 seconds. And then it go back to looking toothless for the rest of the, for the rest of that match. So we understand your pain. We know that uh, we know that not everybody's happy. I think we have uh, quite a few questions and comments for the end of the show. We'll be sure to get to those. But Josh, is there is there anything you want to start off with with what you saw in this match? I mean, I think the the big things for me when you kind of look at how things will play out, like against Seattle, right? I I I take a draw. Like going into that match, I think we assumed we were probably. I was like, mm-hmm. well, okay, this is an L we're going to take. You know, Seattle had just stomped uh, Minnesota, Minnesota in the first game. Um, and then heading into this one, I'm like, okay, well, you know, if we can get anything, if we can get a point, I'm good with it, right? Then you get that early goal, and they're generally able to hold for the rest of the game. But at the same time, now, you know, and so you're, you know, but at the same time, right, you're happy taking a point away from, you know, taking a point in a game with Seattle, which you're missing all, you know, Rossi, Bella, you know, and then our third DP, we're not really sure what's going to happen with that, that slot, mm-hmm. right? So not having those guys right is usually devastating to a major league soccer team in this case right you go toe-to-toe with an mls cup finalist and then now you head into this game a game that's very winnable a game that you should win right and all of a sudden joe corona looks like a a world beater in the midfield for for houston right and you know again is it a is it a factor of just the way that we're playing you know the again it's I think we had to be talk, we've been talking about this for you know offline for quite a bit now, in the sense that what we've what we've gotten used to for the last couple of years doesn't seem to be the current style and the current absolutely you know, style of play that we're, we've come become accustomed to, which is usually you know a solid build up from the middle. It's pass, pass, pass. You you see the clear trying you know passing triangles with with the movement. It's pass, move, pass, move. Whereas over you know these last few games, it's a lot of Mario and Segura just trying to hit balls over the top on the and get guys on the run. You know, then you get a ball knocked down, or you know, or you, the balls turned over automatically on on any of the longer balls. You know, especially when Cisnega is forced to actually kick the ball. Um, and then next thing you know, we're in a weird situation where now we're relying on most of our our most of our attack is now coming from Latif and NK just disrupting in the counter press as opposed to actually creating. And we talked about this last week, right? It's like, is there actually any kind of creativity outside of the, outside of the counter press? And this is another game where it just didn't seem the case, seemed to be the case that that was really our only method of advancing play was to basically try to turn them over in the other half after launching a deep a ball deep into their into their yeah, territory yeah um so i was able to rewatch the match uh before we started recording uh because we're recording a day late this time um one thing that i noticed was that most of our attacks came from it was typically k k would get on the ball after after a turnover you know pass to k or he'd be the one to turn it over and he would shuttle the ball forward so it's like a traditional eight right like get the ball take the space and and move the entire team forward into the opposing half. But what I noticed is that 
a lot of the attacks were just once we got there, we there was no stopping. It was if there was an open man, we were going to hit him somewhere and try and make something happen after. Whereas in the past, like you said, we've seen a lot more circulation and probing of the ball um, in the opposing half, where you kind of like get the entire team there, and you know it's not that it's not that we always have to play slow and deliberate. Um, if 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 the break is on, let's let's go with it, but. Um, that's something that I've, I've missed in this, in this season. So I don't, I don't know if it's something that Bob is trying to go to. Maybe it's it's just, you know, Houston played a four five one, which is going to be difficult to play through from the midfield because there's five midfielders now that you have to deal with against our three and, you know, starting right back is, is down. Um, and you don't have a whole lot of help from the wingers, typically the wingers in a four, three, three, have to be pushed high and they have to be good on the ball, both uh, pushing forward and coming back. So you can, so you can maintain possession and pin their back line back further. Um, So that, that all could be a part of it. Uh, I guess it's, it's tough to make any big conclusions before we have all of our players back. So hopefully we can get Vela back on the field, Rosie, and, you know, find out who this, who the starting number nine is for us right now. Uh, that's another thing that watching tonight uh, for the second time, I, I just couldn't help but think this team does actually need a number nine. And um, not to use the not to use the phrase that we all hate, the true number nine, but like a, a traditional, either a guy who can get in behind the lines or can take a pass out of the air, as, as it seems to be that's what we're doing. Mario is lumping all sorts of balls forward. And all three of our forwards... Uh, to start the match, Opoku, Rossi, and and Barrett had a lot of trouble with balls, you know, bringing balls down out of the air or or being able to finish them once they got in behind the the back line. So humor me on this. How much of the issue is now stems from not being able to actually play from the back, right? You know, like it's it's often cliche when we talk about playing through the back with you know having a goalkeeper that you can play yeah, play from the cliche. back and yeah. all those different things like that, right? But actually, not having someone who can use his feet, you, you know, even competently to the point where you're having your center back take goal kicks is is a, is a problem, right? Because if you're if you're a goal, if you're anytime we've seen a pass back, right, where you usually you would end up cycling possession, right? It's mm-hmm. you know ball. Um, you know, Atuesta gets trapped in the midfield or some of that. There's just, you can't break through, right? You're going to kick it back out to the, the fullback. Fullback mm-hmm. kicks it back to a center, you know, back to the, the keeper who now moves it and shifts in, you know, and swaps direction. But in this case, is Cisneus' is complete inability to play with his feet now completely changing the dynamic of how this team has to play? So, I mean, it's a, it's a good question. And you and I have talked about it a couple of times about how, like, you know, that it, you know, that they don't trust him to play with his feet because of the way that they take goal kicks, which is basically he pokes the ball forward. Segura stands next to him. And if there's any press, Segura just lumps it forward. And if there's not, then he'll try and find a pass. But the thing that I don't understand is even Mario and Segura are just playing long balls all the time. So I don't know that, it really does make a difference if C- if Cisniega can play passes or not, or I because nobody else is doing it. It's all just let's spray this ball all over the field and see what happens. Um, so I, I I don't know. And to their credit, it worked a couple of times. I mean, Mario had had Rossi two or three times. He had Opoku two or three times. Um, so it might be something that they're trying to do, trying to play over teams that are going to crowd the midfield on them so they can't possess through. But I, I, I can't, I can't determine if it's just a Cisniega problem or if they're trying to change the way they, the way they play a little bit, but it's, it's a great question. I, I, I just don't know. Yeah. Because I wonder, I mean, because my thing is anytime you're dealing, I mean, we see it time and time again against teams that are possession heavy, right? Whether, whether it's against the Barcelona's of the world or the Manchester cities, when you have, when you're playing coming up with teams that you know can break you down through the middle with ease, right? You play compact. You play the mm-hmm. you, you play like a th- five, you know, the five at the back at time, you know, when you're in yeah. de- on defense. But the way that 
those teams often break it down is not lumping it over the top, right? Like you're not inviting, you know, like for you to be able to play that way, right? Like it's it's how the galaxy beat us, right? We're invited. We're they invite you to come forward, to press, to do these different things, and then they beat you over the top on the high line, right? Or it was Zlatan versus Zimmerman one on one, and if Zlatan got to the ball, we're so, in trouble. So that's the key, though. To me, like if if this is what they're doing, where it's they're going to play on the break and they're going to play with long balls, you need you need a six three striker. Uh, doesn't have to be Zlatan. Doesn't have to be Aiden Jekyll. But you got to have somebody who's going to who's going to post up a, uh, a a center back and then play play balls in for for the wingers. But my thing is, I don't think there's any team that's actually that's that's coming out to play and pressing that high. Where now the right, you're having right. to play over the midfield, right? Like yeah. they're most teams that we're seeing that play defensively. It's a they're playing a you know a four five one mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. midfield block deep right and then the one striker loan that's even with even with the front line right so as you play that long ball you're playing it into nine guys yeah as opposed yeah. to you know so if you see that why not you know like you're saying that's when we looked most effective was finding you know you're finding um you're finding k and letting him shuttle the ball forward eat up that space now bring that forward now you can play that pass over the top because now there's actually room in the midfield to work and it's not so compacted, but mm-hmm. the way that we're doing it from the back doesn't give me a, you know, like, like you're not forcing them to have to do anything right. Other than kick the ball into their bank of nine, the ball bounces off them to the feet of Latif who now has to now create through that same bank of nine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As opposed to, again, like I said, when, when it was like, when the galaxy would use it against LAFC, right. It's, Work moving forward, pushing forward, counter pressing, all these different things. The the line is high, so now, you know, as you play over the top of that counter pressing midfield, now you only have one line to beat. But yeah. when you have to, when you have nine to beat, I'm not sure this is what we're doing makes sense as opposed as opposed to okay, now let's find the ball, feed it the ball, you know, find Atuesta with the ball, kick it out wide to one of the fullbacks, right? Have them switch the play across mm-hmm. the field. Now you have, right, a fullback in space. As everyone's recovering, now you have Rossi on that run over the top. Yeah. Right, yeah. so wouldn't you want to stress them horizontally and then play the vertical ball as opposed to if there's no horizontal stress, how are you supposed to play a vertical, you know, how are you supposed to stress them vertically? And this is a concept that we take from American football, right, where, you know, like there's, there's those two ways to stretch a defense, right? It's either left to right or up and down. You know, like, mm-hmm. and if, you know, again, it's like we're trying to throw Hail Marys against a prevent defense. Like, it's only going to work so often yeah. as opposed to can you suck them in with, you know, your, your, your quick passing. And then when everyone is over committing, then you make that break over the top, yeah, which is what I we mean, used to see all the time. Yeah. And to go back to the goal kick example, because it, I, I, I always like to talk about possessions from goal kicks because. You get to see what everybody's doing. You get to see what the possession team is trying to do or the attacking team, I should say, is trying to do. Are they trying to play short and invite enough pressure to play through? Uh, You can see what the defending team is trying to do because now you know how much pressure they're willing to send. And if the idea is Cisniega and Segura stand next to each other and there's one striker on the edge of the 18 and as soon as Cisniega toe pokes it to, to Segura, Segura is going to blast it. If that striker's coming at him, then like you're saying, you haven't actually invited any pressure except that first one. So playing it over everybody's head doesn't make any sense. You could play it to Atuesta, who's now likely in space because that striker's vacated that space to, to come pressure Segura. But I, I don't, I, I just don't know what you're trying to do unless unless you really have faith that you're going to win these headers and bring them down and be able to control the ball after afterward but right but then at the same time right if Segura has to now start with his positioning so close to Sistanga on the build up can you now not get enough width to pull that lead 
to pull their striker in the press left or right to now open up yeah twist no, it's it's i mean this is what you're talking about stretching him horizontally right this is why when people set up uh for goal kicks you normally see a center back on either side either inside or outside the the penalty area with the fullbacks high because the center backs are the, who's who's really providing width and the fullbacks are providing extra depth mm-hmm. um they right, set so up in that as- classic w right so. Absolutely. Right. And then the goal would be play the ball to the center back. Right. And Blackman used to do this all the time. Right. You they play the ball to Blackman. Blackman advances the ball because he's pretty good at that. Right. Yeah. Three, three to f- between about 10 yards. It pulls the strikers over towards him. Now it frees up Atuesta who can now make a turn and go. Yeah. But now if you're trying to find Atuesta in the middle of the field with Segura right next to him, that the guy, the striker can just sit on Atuesta the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And so, of course, Mario's just going to lob it over the top now because, what, are you going to play it to an inverted Marco Farfan, who also <laughs> at that point, right, is probably is probably being marked by one of the five midfielders that's sitting in the midfield? Yeah. That, right, again, so, that's, what, that's why the four five one is so effective against a four three three is because you have one guy just chase whichever center back has the ball, and then the other five are marked up on all the midfielders and the, and the two fullbacks, so... Yeah, and so I mean, but again, the the counter for that was always you you have that false nine drop in the space, right? And yeah. now you're now they're overloaded, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get the runners over the top. You know, Vela was Vela has been pretty good at, at doing. You know, like he doesn't do it from the nine; he usually does it from the wing, right? It's mm-hmm. from the right side, cuts in, drops deep into the middle of the park, and then the nine makes the run out to out wide. Yeah, yeah. right. Whether it was Dio or Christian Ramirez, that that run was always there to now open up space. And then you have Rossi charging down the other side in with acres of, you know, of freedom because now you've moved it left to right. Right. Yeah. But again, we're not really stressing enough. I don't think horizontally at this point because of Cisnega's feet. Now, again, I, I didn't actually anticipate going down this road with us looking at Cisnega being the, the, the root of the issue. But when I, the more I think about it, the more I actually think this may be it. Because, like, we talked, you know, we were initially, you know, in the first watch, we're like, man, the midfield didn't play that well. But what the heck's a midfield supposed to do when there's, you have nine guys sitting in front of you? Right? Like, you know, and you're asking Latif and Kay to do stuff that, you know, maybe Nicoladero can do in threading the needle there. Mm-hmm. In the league, that's probably about it in terms of guys who are capable yeah. of making that that incisive pass. Most most midfields in the league are going to need something to 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 get the defense moving in different directions. You know, like this is what I used to see from Liver. You know, like being a big Liverpool guy, right? This is what I used to see previously from that team before the advent of the the Alexander Arnold and Robertson fullback duo, who just now. Now that's how they open up their space for the forwards, right? Is hitting those those uh, the crosses, uh, the sw- the switching cross, as opposed to having a midfield that builds anything up, right? That midfield yeah. is not creative in the least bit, right? They're there to be industrious and to be in the right place at the right time, not create until you brought in Tiago. But when you look at the way that LAFC is playing, right, this that midfield is built to press, right, and to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Atuesta has that creativity. Right, but gen- but at the same time, if you're not moving things, if you're not able to move the defense in a way that's going to open things up, what are you really doing? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, I would hate to think that they change their entire philosophy, like their whole all their principles of play, just because their keeper isn't great with his feet. And at the same time, you would think that you'd trust your center backs enough to cover for him. Um, again, going back to the goal kick example, to split them out wide and then let them make the decisions on where to pass the ball. That The caveat is there. Sometimes they have to go back to the keeper. So again, if you don't trust your keeper from the jump, then it's all for naught. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really don't know, man. It's weird. I, some things that you could do to try and help um, with the build out to help you know relieve the pressure from your back line, you could try... Uh, some sort of a double pivot, not a permanent like four two three one type of thing. Just um, tasking K, like hey, if the ball's on this side of the field, you're dropping back or or whatever it is, just to help get that ball forward. Um, 
and provide more passing options. But I, I don't know. So far, through three games, I can't, I can't confidently say that they're they're trying to possess the ball like they like they did in the past, and that's okay if you're getting results. Um, but again, well, it's a kind of the wait and see game. We'll see what happens when when everybody's healthy and and how they look. So yeah, I mean, I mean, against against a Josh Wolf Austin team that's going to come out and going to press and do different things, it looks fine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. against these deeper block teams, right? And now when you come up against teams like Seattle, right, who Schmetzer is more than happy to not possess the ball, mm-hmm. right? Like he'll sit in, in, you know, especially now that they're in this three-five-two in absence of Jordan Morris. And I, and the way that they looked, I don't know if you, did you get a chance to watch any of that game at all today? I did watch them, yeah. Right, so now in that three-five-two, they're basically, and, and Ladero came out. When Ladero's in there, it's even more... Yeah, dangerous, right? Because yeah. now you're getting Ladero with two runners in space, and he's just picking people apart, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to invite the pressure to come. They're going to invite you coming down and bring the numbers forward, and then they're going to hit you on the break, right? Yeah, and I'd so, say I'd say Seattle's one of those that are a good example of a team that uses a three man back line to play more offensively, because Brad Smith and Alex Roldan seem to have zero defensive responsibility. So that's like one of those rare occasions where you see. Um, you use your two your two right and left center backs to push your midfield higher, and then you free up your your wing backs to go basically wherever they want. So Brad Smith is, I mean, half the time he looks like a left forward who's just kind of standing inside the yeah. eighteen all the time and getting and just ripping shots off. But I mean, but you have Jao Paulo who's you know who's breaking up play in the middle of the field, right? You right, have right. So Roldan cover, who's yeah. who's who's covering and doing the industrious work, you mm-hmm. know. And we we have those guys in blessing. And K, right, who do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. The issue to me right now, like I said, is I think not not being able to provide the width is weird. Like I said, it looked better in the second half when when Blackman did come in, right? And Farfan switched over to the yeah. left side. You pointed out, right? But again, it just feels it it just doesn't feel like the tactics that we've been used to. And I don't again how much of that is um, you know, a matter of the keeper. I don't know because I don't remember them doing this with with Cisnega before, right? Like when he played game. I mean, he he's played right. a couple games last year, but I don't remember it having to be completely like, you know, I don't yeah. ever remember, um, what you know, Segura having to stand next to him for, you know. Yeah, well, and that's why I say like it can't it can't just be that you don't trust him to kick the ball up the field sixty five yards. Like it can't be because. Cisniega can just blast a ball somewhere. I mean, it's, he does that I, anytime there's a pass is, back. What I would imagine is it's they don't trust him to pop a ball up and over pressure into the the feet of the fullback. Um, you know, he can play a twenty yard pass on the ground to a center back, and he can he can kick a ball far, but it's probably the precise passing on a diagonal, trying to get it out to the fullbacks or or wherever. But but now at this point, it just feels incredibly predictable. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Like this. It's this like, team. it's like, watch. It's like when you try and watch Daryl DK, right? And yeah. it's like whatever championship, whatever champions, championship team that Barnsley is playing that week, it's just straight up ping pong, right? One, one team kicks along, the other team kicks along, one team kicks along, the other team kicks along, back and forth for 90 minutes. But when you have Daryl DK, it's okay. Because right? he's that six three striker that'll fall down. Right? But when we have, you know, Opoku and Baird trying to do their best Daryl DK impression, yeah. it's not gonna happen. No. Right? Like Opoku's you know, too short. Corey Baird yeah. doesn't have the first touch. And Diego Rossi is also too short. Mm-hmm. Who's flash? Right. <laughs> and so you have you know, like and so to get guys, you know, like for example, you know, so then there's short nines in the league, right? So took Rui Diaz, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Just because it's it's you know, recency bias. But I mean, the guy's like five foot four. But at is the he same time, short? he's he's tiny, right? But I when you when you when, but when you see him move, and relative to what Seattle's doing, right, his runs are coming. It's you know coming from the right place, right? It's like they 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 pull your defense in one direction. Now Rui Diaz is making that run, you know, either inside or outside, you know, and he's in and gets people just spinning in circles because yeah, I mean, you have in, lateral stress. He's not. He's not posting up on somebody, right? For he's sure. Five seven, but, by the way. He's, 
I mean, <laughs> you're not going to confuse him for Daryl DK. Let's put it that way. Right, right, right. But I mean, but but they 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 have an ability, you know, like I said, within their formation to move people left to right. There's absolutely none of that at this point, right? It's we're we're basically playing like a you know a four, like we would typically see from a four four two. Like it's like we've reverted back to Bob four four two U.S. national team. Oh, style I don't know if it's that bad, Josh. Because all I all I see is them lumping the ball forward to 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 a prayer to either Donovan yeah. or Dempsey yeah. up top. If it, let's just let's take a pause here. If you have a press pass and you can ask Bob a question, ask him about this. Ask him if the principles of play have changed at all in the last year based on personnel or or what he's seeing in the league, and if playing out of the back is no longer a priority or what like what his triggers are for yes we're going to play out of the back today or no we're not going to do it in this half because of what the other team's showing us um i would love i would love to see bob answer that question hear bob answer that question is what i should say um all right should we get into some individual stuff or yeah let's do it okay so last week we were pretty hard on marco farfan and this week we're going to double down on being hard on marco farfan playing out of position at right back. Now it's not, it's not because anybody doesn't like this kid. Uh, he's doing an admirable job at filling in as our third string right back um, who is left footed. But again, today you see teams go straight for that side. Fafa Pico had chance after chance after chance. Luckily, um, we were able to deal with most of it, but again, he's just out of position all the time. Once Blackman came in and moved him over to the left side, I thought he looked more comfortable and better positioned. And if you're looking for what I'm talking about with Farfan being out of position, um, pay attention to where he is when there's a runner on the left wing. This isn't really for, this is just for everybody. Watch as the ball is on the right side and he sneaks closer and closer and closer and closer to Mario while guys just run free down the wing. Or he charges up the line to press, but then pulls off for whatever reason, and there's a guy running in behind him free. That's the kind of stuff that is just killer. And as soon as Blackman came in, it was all kind of taken care of and bottled up. Uh, Farfan also had the unfortunate um, luck to be the guy who gave up the ball that turned into the goal. Uh, you know, He's a kid, so he aggressively steps into space with the ball and is immediately dispossessed and is laying on the ground because he gets studded, and then that's how Houston get their goal. But anyway, um, what are your thoughts here, Josh? I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's easy. He's an easy target given given what, given the deficiencies of the team. But I think the at the end of the day, to me, it comes down to roster construction. Like, why why are we asking Marco Farfan? to be the linchpin by yeah, by which yeah. all things are done, right? As opposed to, right, if, and we ran into this problem last year with the right on, on the right again, right? Where mm-hmm. you just didn't have reliability there to the point where you're playing, you know, Elmanier inverted and and it just causes a bunch of issues in terms of how, how you go about things, right? It changes the style of play. It changes yeah. the way that you're going to move, the way that, you know, guys are reacting because if you... Now, if you pass it, you know, like you just can't ask him to make the same runs on a weak, on his weak foot that you normally would on the opposite side. Because when he flipped and he's playing off the left, he definitely looks way more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, within two minutes, he had almost scored a goal on a deflected cross. And yeah. all of his crosses on his right foot were just silly, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, so are you are you giving up chances and are you giving up opportunities to now actually provide that lateral stress that we've been we've been harping mm-hmm. on here? Mm-hmm. You know, so is 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 it is it Justice Niega or is it that whole right side of the defense now at this point? Because if Farfan's playing inside, then it compresses everything. Now everything is just bottled. You know, like yeah. the width of the field is now reduced by about ten yards on that side, if mm-hmm. not more, considering Cisniega can't pass there either. Right, if you so yeah. if you can't pass to that side, and he also you also don't trust the, him to get the ball over the top, and you don't have a fullback that's going to be confidently moving into space down the flank as opposed to 
wanting having to cut inside onto a stronger foot right yeah. you're basically working with two-thirds of the field is all yeah. you have left to, to operate and against a team that's perfectly okay sitting into a, a, a deep block yeah i mean like what's the guy supposed to do right he's going mm-hmm. he's gonna look bad right and yeah i mean and, to 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 be honest his passing inside isn't bad again he's on a strong foot uh he overpowers a lot of his vertical passes on the right side because he's right-footed or he's left-footed trying to play with his right. Um, he's not, I will t- I will say, admit that he's not as one-footed as Mohamed el was. Watching him try and play on the right was, uh, that, that was tough because he didn't want to play anything with his right foot at all. And Farfan at least, you know, will connect some passes with his right. Farfan had a, one of the initial passes that led to K getting on the ball and driving it forward on, on the goal as well. Um, that was through the middle. He has a, he has a nice little pass in between two, two defenders to Tatuesta who then gets it out to K. But, um, so yeah, as our backup left back, he's fine. Do I want to see him starting the rest of the season at right back? No, absolutely not. Whatever, (laughs) whatever we have to do to get our right backs healthy, we need to do it. So if you know what the answer is, please tweet at us and we'll be more than willing to do what we can. That's the thing. That's why I, I can't imagine, like, you know, I know Bob, you know, and the coaching staff definitely give guys time to vet themselves into the system, right? It, it can be complicated. It can be those different things because, you know, the way that they play. But so I understand versus Seattle, Right. Play play a guy like Marco Farfan who's been in those Cascadia wars, you know. Mm-hmm. He understand what it's like, what it mean, you know, what it's like to play against those guys, what pe- the tendencies are going to be. But why not play Moon against a Houston team, right? That is going to yeah, sit so back he anyways. Was, he was not listed as injured, right? No, he wasn't listed, but I don't know if he was in the eighteen. Let me let me double check to see if he was in the eighteen while you're talking here. But you know, so my thing is like. If if he's available, that that's your perfect opportunity to right to get him to get him in and get his mm-hmm. feet wet, you know, regardless of you know whether he's ready. And again, who knows? Because right, we saw you know there was a reason why they didn't play Andy Nahar so last year, right? You know, and right. it was clear when he when they actually had to put him on the field. So hopefully, we're not dealing with the same situation because that's going to become a whole, you know, that's to me that's a further indictment on what the front office has done yeah you know lately as i have a hard time believing this is another andy nahar situation who we also keep for telling everybody right away like hey this isn't it and people were mad at us then too i do not see moon in the 18 here i'm just checking on espn maybe maybe there's something else going on who knows that we don't know about you know obviously that you would just you would have liked to see that be that opportunity for him to come out there and get it. But again, who knows at this point? Cause you know, he's not listed in the, he wasn't listed as unavailable on the report on their injury right. report. Right. right. So he's, he's via, a, you know, in football terms, he's the, he's a healthy scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, and again, it's, you know, are you just trying to salvage points or whatever? I mean, again, you, you get, yeah, you take a point away on the road. So be it, Right, understanding that you have the Galaxy game coming up, right? You're not really taking any chances, but at the same time, man, that's a winnable yeah. game, right? And, and especially through this first half of the season, where you want to make just kind of, you know, like obviously you don't want to peak too early, but at the same time, you also want to make sure that you're not, you know, you're not sliding further down. You know, you're not going to leave yourself with too hill, you know, too steep of a hill to climb. Come, come the final yeah. stretch. So, and this is something that we've talked about too. Um, you know, the Seattle teams of old were always, they always started slow. You kind of wondered like, hey, what is this team doing? And come playoff time, they'd put it together and they were always contenders. Um, so obviously the season's not over. We all just watched a, a pretty difficult game to get through. Um, so I get, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if it's just, you know, yeah, they got it. They got a road draw and, they got a decent result against a good Seattle team and they stomped on Austin. So maybe, maybe this is all for not, maybe we're just wallowing. Uh, only to, again, as we keep saying, only time will tell. 
Uh, one thing that I do want to get after too is the 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 front line. Um, it's just you're not going to get enough from Baird and Apoku. I texted Josh during the during the match or after the match, and I said, I think we're moving closer and closer to the territory where you can play one of two in each of these pairs. You can play one of two Baird and Opoku. You can play one of two K and Blessing. Um, after second watch, I'm not there yet with K and Blessing, but I am there with Baird and Opoku, just because they're they're too they're too one dimensional in their play um, to really create threats consistently. And I think if you have one guy who's going to, who's going to be kind of a straight line runner in behind, that's okay. Uh, Baird in this match did not look like that. Opoku looked like he was just struggling because he couldn't get in behind. Like you said about, you know, kind of a set block of four. Um, So that's, that's going to have to get better. And it goes back again to roster construction where, I feel like all we ever do is sign forwards and specifically wingers. And all of a sudden you look around, you're like, Oh, well, who do we, who's supposed to play there? We have no idea. Cifuentes is coming in as a sub to, to play this sort of false nine slash 10 position and like a wide four, four, two diamond type of thing, but not really. It's really just kind of like a false nine and a four, three, three. Um, And to be honest, the team looked better once they made that sub, but, I I don't know where else to go if 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 Carlos isn't isn't able to go and Brian Rodriguez is really just gone at this point then they're going to have to go out and sign more wingers because we don't have enough. Yeah, I mean I guess that kind of proves the the front office right in terms of that's the only thing that they've signed over the last couple of years yeah. but <laughs> you know but at the same time like for me I think I think the thing that bothers me more is just not having a second creative outlet, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's either it's Vela's left foot or it it's the press. I right? mean, Atuesta, so Atuesta can do it. Atuesta, I mean, he's, he he had he had Rossi in several times, and Rossi couldn't. Yeah, finish. I mean, he's he's capable, but my thing, I I still think he's playing too deep, right? I mean, like he's the he, like playing. If you don't have a creative guy up top. Your most creative guy can't be the one that's playing from the deepest position at that point. So, but the I'll push back here, right here, which is he can be the most creative guy on the field if you possess the ball and you circulate and probe in the in the opposing half. But it's like if we're just lumping balls forward and skipping out to West all together, then you're one hundred percent correct because he's you know touching the ball less. And he's not in a position to create, like you're saying, he's playing too deep because everything's just going over his head. If you can slowly build up and then use him, uh, a la Javi, right? Which I think is the the example the the comp that Bob made. It may have yeah, been Busquets. But, I can't but, remember. But Busquets played as a, a deep was the the was the six, right? Javi was more used as an eight, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and, and then Iniesta was as a left winger at times. Right, mm-hmm. opposite opposite of of David Villa, right. So that's where that's where it's like, if again in absence of a guy who can just take over games in the way that Carlos Vela can, right, mm-hmm. in the way that Messi does, and what you know, like, and those are, that's what's being asked of them. I'm I'm not sure what the point of having him continue to beat, you know, having him to sit that deep. Like, what good does that do at that point? As opposed to, you know, can you? I mean, again, I, you know, we're we're just two guys with a microphone, but I'm I'm not sure what what the intent, you know, like what good. I mean, look at the whole first half was basically just beating a dead horse, mm-hmm. right? In terms of uh, in terms of their offensive approach, I, I I there was no discernible tactic to me, right? That could distinguish it from, you know, Ben Olsen, DC United, or you know Adrian Heath at at Minnesota United. <laughs> It just looked. It's in a four-three-three, and we pressed more. But other yeah. than that, like in terms of building, uh, like the build-up, what was different from from the worst teams in the league? No, again, it's shuttle the ball forward and see what you can make happen. I mean, again, to your credit, it, Atuesta and everybody tweeted out a clip to this from Tom. Uh, what's his name? Tom Bogert, right? Mm-hmm. Matt Doyle tweeted it out. 
where he Atuesta picks up the ball, I think from K, and it's in the final third, spins away from a defender, and then plays in a through ball for Diego Rossi, and Rossi just basically whiffs on it. The keeper's able to get a an outstretched hand on the ball to stop it. But um I do agree. Like he he can be he can be the guy that plays the that final killer pass if he's close enough and if he's involved. So yeah, that's why uh, like, the, I, I I tweeted earlier today. I'm like, okay, if you had told me that you were gonna give me Alex Ring at the six to now yeah, do the yeah. do the job of just breaking up play and lumping balls forward, so that your Altuesta can get forward and actually now create, I I think we're probably, you know, two wins, one draw at this point. Maybe, maybe if not three. Yeah. And, and I mean that the thing that that would do is if you have a committed destroyer back there who's also a decent passer. Now your fullbacks are more free, right? You don't have mm-hmm. to pin them. Like then they are, then they are more free to release and and be part of that uh, that creative team up front. But the other thing that I want to mention real quick is uh, Francisco Janela is on a milk carton. I have not seen him. Have you seen anything? <laughs> Because it's weird to me that he all of a sudden is getting zero minutes. Bryce Duke comes in. Cifuentes comes in. Uh, did Janela come on in the first match? He, he played in the first, in the first match. Because he okay. actually made a couple passes that I was like, oh, that, that's what you come, you know, like, it looked nice. You know, he, he has creative ideas, all those different yeah. things. But in these so, last two, where I would assume creativity is at a premium, right, against these deeper blocks. Right. We haven't, he's been yet to be seen. So this is what I'm saying is where, where the team is struggling to possess, the team is struggling to connect through the midfield sometimes. Um, and, and struggling to just move the ball efficiently. He's the guy right up there with that I would say in, in terms of like his passing ability and vision. Uh, but we all know of his defensive capability, uh, incapability and kind of like he kind of plays with this malaise, um, similar to uh, to Horta in some ways, but um, I, I do wonder about his future with the club because he seems to be gone. And again, I think we've seen Bryce Duke subbed on three times now. Uh, not complaining about that. I'm just it's just an observation that we haven't seen him. Yeah, it looks like Janelle did play in the Seattle game. I don't know for how long oh, or okay. to what extent. But so he's, he's subbed just, in twice then. Hmm. But okay. I think it's basically been in the waning moments of both games. Yeah, games. yeah, just a stoppage time waste. See what you can see, what you can yeah. get. Um, okay. Versus, oh, well, I think in the first one he came on in like the 80th minute, something like that. Yeah, uh, that was also versus, a weird match too, though, because you're, so, you know, you're trying to compensate for Carlos coming off when he was part of your plan. So, mm-hmm. and then here in this last game, right? Again, the, of all the games for you to expect there to be a, you know a Janela sighting, this would be the one, right, where he can create a little bit and do some yeah. different things. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, they subbed Cheeky off, right? And well, he went down injured. So. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So, again, maybe that throws a wrench into your plans too, right? So you have to now mm-hmm. move Farfan over, bring in Blackman, when maybe they weren't probably playing, like, were they even planning on bringing Blackman in at that point? You know, yeah, you yeah or maybe maybe the sub was Blackman for Farfan instead of mm-hmm. for Palacios or whatever. So, yeah. and then it changes the dynamic of what you're going to do there, right? Because then, you know, I think it was Sufuentes that came, and then you know Musovski made an appearance, to, you know, towards in the end there too as well. So, yeah, he's on like uh, a small milk carton for still disappearing, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, we you and I have talked about Musovski. He's he's going to give you. Uh, you know, uh, standard finishing. He's going to give you standard runs. He's going to give you kind of standard play. It's never going to be anything too spectacular. He'll score a great goal here and there. But um, what I always say is I think his lack of speed is what is going to do him in it ultimately. Um, anyway, anything else you want to get to before we do questions, Josh? Oh, let's jump into it. All right. First one. Uh, we have some new people tweeting in, which is exciting. But if I mispronounce your name or your handle um, and it bothers you, please tweet at us and let us know. First one is from Carl Pilot, is how I'm going to say it, at Carl Pilot. Our front line hasn't been at full strength 
consistently since 2019. Hopefully Vela, Rossi, Baird, and our other forwards can start playing regularly together to get cohesiveness. Another DP would help, but we can do a lot of damage with our current lineup if healthy. Yeah, I mean, clearly we can do a lot of damage. They, This is essentially the front three that they had minus BWP, who was mostly just a super sub in CCL, where they looked great. Um, so Musovsky saw a lot of 60-minute games. Um, and I think Baird can give you a little bit more than Musovsky in terms of speed and, and press. So what about you, Josh? Yeah, I mean... I- it, it just, I mean, it really, you just have to wonder though, like, is, is there still a missing piece? Right. I think, you know, we've, we've gone back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly to be Brad Rodriguez is nowhere to be found. Yeah, but I mean, in the sense that like we've, we've, we've long defended the, the, the idea of playing, you know, like, oh, we need to have these interchangeable forwards. who can do multiple things. And, you know, it's like that saying, like, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Right. At mm-hmm. some point, you just need a big old dude up front who can just move move mountains for you and, and create yeah. space. Look at you look know. at how good Dio was, right? When healthy, Dio did that with great consistency. So, yeah, you know, and again, it's I mean, there's a there's there's a reason why you know Zlatan at 47 years old, however the heck he old, is still killing it. You know, he's 64 in, now yeah. in in Syria, right, or whatever. Um, or, you know, or why Lewandowski's looked like the best player in the world at times in these past mm-hmm. years, right? And because, again, like, you can't teach you can't teach size and speed. Yeah, I mean, Erling Holland may go for more than killing Mbappe, right? right? Because, again, he's the nine, right? And Mbappe is looking like the heir to the GOAT debate once once Ronaldo and, and Messi decide to hang him up, so. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes, like, if you think, like, what is Ronaldo without a Karim Benzema, right? To yeah. create the space and do these different yeah. things, right? I think in you have, like, for these wingers that do these types of things, right? Outside of those random Barcelona teams that didn't really have a true, a quote unquote, true number nine, right? But at the same time, <laughs> you can do that when you have guys like Xavi, Iniesta, David Villa, and the you know the the top ten players to ever play in the history of La Liga, yeah, yeah. right? Versus history okay, of the world, I would say for sure, right? Versus yeah. okay, we're gonna recreate the same thing in Major League Soccer with Danny Musovsky and a salary cap, okay? Right? You right. know, it's 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 asking a lot, you yeah. know. And so at that yeah. point, right, it's like okay, maybe maybe we're asking too much, and maybe we have to keep it a little bit more simpler. You know, again, in the way that some of these other teams have had been more successful than our, than mm-hmm. LAFC have it to, to really get over the top. So the one thing that I will say about that, because the more that, you know, the more that it seems like Brian Rodriguez, even if he doesn't get bought by a Marriott, it doesn't seem like it's going to be any sort of long-term fit. The problem is now with the introduction of the Young Money program at MLS, we have two overaged quote-unquote DPs. We have two senior DPs, as they refer to them, where they're over 22. So in order to take full advantage of the Young Money Initiative, LAFC has to have at least one DP under the age of you know 22 or under. And right now they have that in Brian Rodriguez, but he looks like the one that's going, he looks like the one that's going to be sold first. So the idea of bringing in a 26, 27, 28-year-old DP uh, nine or six or otherwise, you know, whatever, whatever position he plays it. I don't, I don't think they're going to because the young money initiative, again, if you have one DP under 22 or 22 and under, then you can sign three young money players for if whatever not, you I want. Think you're, I think you're only allowed one. Yeah. And even if they keep Brian Rodriguez, I don't think they can buy him down because his transfer fee was so high. Um, it was more than what they paid Ravella. Yeah, I think I think technically they could buy him down, but I don't I don't think anybody would. Yeah, I mean, you know, then you're running into a weird situation like what's happening in Miami. Yeah. You know, so yeah, maybe that's Absolutely. you flip him for I don't know. So that's that's the you know, I, I think in the future we might see more senior DPs for LAFC. Uh but this next one, I, I don't, I don't think so because I assume that it's Rodriguez that's out the door. So, 
Anyway, thank you, Carl, for that question. Next one is from Rocket Sports at Rocket Sports with a Z. Shorts were really ugly. Needed the black shorts for the win. Um, let me no just say, I love, what's that? So you'll get no argument from me on that one. Yeah. I love two-tone kits, and I love that the linen color is different than white. Um, but yeah, the shorts don't, they don't go. They don't, it only kind of works if you see both the shirt and the socks at the same time, because then it's like, oh, they're not just, he's not just wearing the wrong shorts, right? Um, I don't know if it's a possibility, like if you put linen colored stripes on the shorts or not, or, you know, numbers or linen color, I don't know, but I do know that Man United wore black shorts with their kit, so to me, it just looks like their jerseys are dirty. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Like, and I love the linen, right? Like, our scarf is based on that linen color and mm-hmm. all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. But we had black lettering. So, for a specific reason. Yeah. And I think, I, like, all that, you know, all the black lettering on the jersey, the cuffs, um, it just makes the, the white look out of place. So, I... Man, I, I do like that they went with a different color. Um, and like I said, I, I love two-tone kits, but this one, I don't know if they're allowed to change their shorts. I don't know if they would do it any at any way, even if they could. Um, I don't know what the rules are about that because, again, the single-entity con- the, the single contract with, with Adidas where they just outfit the entire league, I don't know how much leeway they, the club actually has. This is the red YouTube logo of shorts. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> I think it's even worse than that, to be honest with you. Um, anyway. All right. Next one's from Christopher Colonna at LEFC 2021. This team really, really, really needs to learn to just shoot the effing ball. It's getting annoying to see them try and fail repeatedly to walk the ball into the net. I will say after, I think it was at the end of the first half, the Spanish commentary just said, for the love of God, please just shoot somebody. And I started, I thought it was great because that's how we all felt, right? Like, yes, please shoot the ball. Yeah, because at least you're going to stress them in a, in some kind of way, right? But the way that you're doing provides no stress to the defense and to get them to do anything other than just sit exactly where they were in a 4-5-1, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, at least if you start shooting from distance, that ball rebounds a certain way. Now you you clean it up and you make a you can do something with it, but to try and yeah. do that against a four or five one without having previously moved them from left to right, it's it's not going to do anything. So I think especially if you on. have a nine who knows how to poach, right? Yeah. So but there we go back on that again. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so I think that assessment I think is spot on in terms of like if you're not going to do if you're not going to do anything with it, and, you know, and we're forced to see Cisniega kick the take goal kicks of two and a half yards, you know, at least. Yeah. By the time you know, if you're if you're somehow able to now get it into the final third, you know, just put the ball on frame, right, and then and then pray yep. for someone to finish it up. Yep. All right, black and gold takes right along with what we're saying, Josh. We need a center forward, someone in front of the goal who can have a clear shot on the goal. Yeah, it, I mean, Rossi. I I think I counted six or seven times where he has played a through ball in between center backs in between a center back and a right back. And he's just not, he's not able to turn and get a shot on target. Um, so you and I, I mean, I'll eat crow on this one. I've, I've long called for him to be the guy through the middle in the, in the attack with Rod with, because I think it puts Rodriguez and Vela in their best positions. And we saw it this time and it didn't look great. Now, maybe again, with, you know, the significant upgrades, from from Rodriguez and Vela over Opoku and, and Baird. Maybe it works a little bit better, but um didn't look great. You wanna you wanna take a bite on that one? Yeah, I mean it 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 really just comes down to, you know, like with with what you have, right? And and again that's is Rosie's best attribute cutting in on his right hand on his on his foot, you know, mm-hmm. like you know, Robin or something like that, right? He used to do that all the time. Cut in, cut inside, and then drive, drive to goal. Um, yeah, that's you know, that's the best attribute of all of our wingers. 
Yeah. Well, all of our DPs, right? Right. <laughs> you can but, only play two of them in that position. But what but what Rossi does differently than those other two guys is he makes that back post run. Right. Mm-hmm. He can make yeah. that yeah. that that backdoor output you know, backside post run and then finish off of off of Vela. Right. Rodriguez never yeah. seemed to be able to do that off of what Rossi do was doing on the opposite side. Because again, I felt like he they often found themselves too close together and and that sort of thing. So you know, again, our it's, it's weird to say, but our our best offense is when Christian Ramirez was playing at the nine in the weirdest yeah. way. Yeah. Right? Because he just did so much to create space to operate, but he just couldn't finish. Right. If so, Christian Ramirez would have finished fifty percent of those sitters that he had, he would have been I think he'd probably still be with the team. But he he missed so many sitters that we were all like everybody, fans and the team were just ready to boot him because it was just yeah, too you, hard to watch him miss all of those. To miss a thing where you're ex you know, they bring the XG number, I think he was like point nine six percent chance of scoring <laughs> and still managed, you know, to not score. Shoot so, it over the bar somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think just there was Chris Wandelowski it. I think it was the Seattle one, right? It was like threw on goal. I mean, we ended up winning anyways, mm-hmm. but it's one yeah. of those ones where you sh- he should be putting you up, you know, putting it, putting the game away. And, you know, that's what happens. So, yeah. Yeah. I love this next comment, Josh, from John T. Lang at John Lang PhD. Dr. Lang, we should just call him. They don't seem sharp yet. I'm hoping it's a it's just a timing thing with a lot of new players up front working things out. The positive side is that Cisniega has been good, which he has. He's been phenomenal in in keeping us in games and keeping the ball out of the back of net. Though I can't unsee the goal kicks with Segura. I we're right there, man. I we how how many minutes did we do on it, Josh? 10, 15? <laughs> trying More to than we what, should. what is the deal? Because it's really really bizarre right i have no idea what they're doing next one lafc kansas midwestern supporters why can't they just shoot they try to walk the ball in too much again same thing uh we're with you on that one next one is a good one as well magooch at hmm, pugilist hair should k keep starting i mean because in because you have Fuentes on the bench, my my take is no, right? But is he a yeah. guy that should be playing? Should still be getting a lot of minutes? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think we should just see a rotation, like a a steady rotation of Fuentes and Blessing and K. And I think your best midfield trio is probably going to be Fuentes and, and Blessing in the long run. Uh, with obviously with Atuesta again, K. Shuttled the ball really well, um, ate up space like a champ in this one. So um, it's hard to it's hard to criticize him too much. I, I do. I mean, his giveaways are bad. He give he passes the ball away a ton. Um, but yeah, I for me it's if it's if it's Sifu right that's got to come in. So. Yeah. Like to me, All the right. lockdown the lockdown starters were Sifu and Atuesta, and I felt like yeah. it was blessing and or blessing or K depending on yep. the situation because I feel like the issue to me with, with both blessing and K is that they both of them have to take an extra touch, and then when you're yeah. playing against these yeah. compact sides, that extra touch is killer to your your ability to now keep keep them moving and keep them keeping the defense on their toes. Yeah, so two things there. Um, First is that we're, you know, we're almost at you just 30 minutes ago. We said we're almost at the point where we're going to say you can play one of one of the two at the same time because they're a bit redundant, K and Blessing. Um, and the other thing that we've said for quite a while now is that Cifuentes is an upgrade over Blessing in a lot of ways. He does a lot of the same things in the press, um, in his defensive effort, and you're getting a lot better passing from him as well as a result. Um, so, yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before he does lock down one of those spots. I do like the idea of him, um, of him starting and then bringing in blessing to, to really chase the game or you bring in K to kind of like settle things down a little bit. Um, but I guess, I guess we'll find out. Uh, next one is from Lionel Hutz at from cheap seat. Curious as to your take on Houston under Tab Ramos. 
I know there are roster issues, but they play pretty uninspiring soccer. Yeah, I I really liked I really liked him with uh, with the U twenties. I thought he did a great job with them. Uh, I will admit that I wanted him to be interviewed for the senior team job, um, but they haven't been great in Houston since he took over. And I do agree that their roster is just not not good at all. I mean, it's slightly better with Joe Corona in the midfield. I will admit. <laughs> I it, it's upgraded this year. Yeah, you know, I mean, like they do. Yeah, I mean, I think he's doing what. I mean, it's like one of those things where, like, were we was everyone high on Marco Santos as a coach when he was at LFC? Absolutely. Has he looked like yeah. a good coach in Vancouver? No, because Vancouver hasn't put together mm-hmm. a good team around. Yeah, you know what he wants to do, and same thing with Ramos, right? It's like look at what he had to work with. And then the issues that were coming with, you know, like Elise and, you know, like when you go from having Albert Elise and Minotas to now, you know, trying to piecemeal together a front line, you know, yeah. I mean, you're, you can only do what you can only do so much with what you're given. Yeah. And I mean, you know, extra time is going to go crazy about, Oh, well they have Darwin Quintero now. It's like, okay, well, great. But what did he do in this game? He came in at like 70 minutes and aside from that, nothing. So, uh, oh, they got Tim Parker. They got Tim Parker. Great. I'm I'm sure Red Bulls from 2013 is thrilled that they got Tim Parker. But they, you know, they, it's not it's not a it's not a great roster. Uh, another one from Lionel here. Always seem to play poorly in Houston. Don't you think you can take much from or don't think you can take much from this one? Did like Farfan's play for the most part? Disappointed that Apoku hasn't shown much since game one. We kind of talked about all this. Again, uh, Farfan is showing okay, but he's still, I mean, he's, he is a liability on the field. And I know Josh, you like to talk about the weak link, uh, how soccer is a weak link sport. And when he's out there, he's, he's more than likely the weak link, especially on defense. So anything else on this, Josh? Um, I like to argue that Cisnega's feet are the weak link and that is all. Okay. (laughs) Touche. All right, uh, we have a series of three tweets from Alistair Christie at Christie Alley here. Rossi is a yard off all game, understandably. We looked better when Sifu and the Moose came on, which I do agree. They 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 got it together a little bit better in the second half. Wonder if we should try Sifu at West and Janela in midfield with Janela playing as the sixth to get a bit more creativity further up the field. So this is, this is right up your alley, Josh. Um, I think you could probably do that. Maybe even with K or Blessing. If you just task them with being destroyers, you might be able to handle it. Or even Cifuentes being yeah. a destroyer, he could do it. I mean, I think you saw it at parts of the Austin game, actually, when LAFC, after Vela got hurt, like when they're just like, oh, we don't know mm-hmm. how to create anymore. And so there was a couple times where you would see Atuesta just kind of hanging out at the top of the box and like trying to look around. And it's K that's now the furthest, the deepest line yeah. midfielder. So they are doing some rotational stuff to kind of you know, to do some, something similar to what we're talking about. Yeah. I think, you know, and so that's why I think after having watched this game, you know, we were, I was hard on the midfield in the last game. After having watched this game, now I'm more down on what the heck they're doing, for, you know, in terms of playing from the back than I am on the actual midfield. Yeah. Because I think yeah. the midfield is being put in a bad spot by the by the, the style that they're asked to play at the moment. Mm-hmm. All right, next one from Alistair. After giving a good account physically last week against Seattle was disappointed to see us stop playing multiple times when we felt there was a foul against us. I thought we switched off on their goal thinking the game would stop for the Farfan collision. Yeah. So I mentioned, you know, Farfan makes a, a young mistake there by charging out into midfield um, and gives up the ball is in a collision. He's down. You see Mario exactly like right after the goal. He's mad that it wasn't stopped. And it's like, hey, you can't, nobody's going to stop the game. Like, you just play to the whistle, right? People tell their, their players this from the time they're eight years old, play to the whistle. Um, so uh, it's, it's tough. I, I don't know. Uh, there was one where a Poku went down too, and it, I think it ended up in an attack down the, uh, down our right flank again, because that's where Farfan is. Um, and, you know, the, the team's wanting Opoku to to be awarded a foul when it's just there's no foul there. All right, last one here from Alistair. Not a great performance at all. Bad touches, worse passing, and out of ideas early. Latif and Mac both particularly culpable. We only got a hold of the tempo 
of the game after they scored their goal. Dynamo seemed to be happy to sit and wait for our mistakes. Yeah, I mean, you know, we scored the goal. They immediately scored, and then uh, Bob made a couple subs with Cifuentes coming in, Bryce Duke comes in, um, and then they were able to control the game a little bit better. And, um, you know, we've talked plenty about Houston just kind of sitting back and, and letting the game come to them. But anything on all that, Josh? No. Like I said, right. the Houston's not really coming out to play at that point. They're happy yeah. to get what they yeah. get. They got the draw, which is more than they anticipated, so they were happy to sit and let it all happen. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We did 67 minutes today, which is much longer than we normally do. Um, any updates on the scarves, Joss? Um, they, I just got a shipping update on Friday that they're on their way here from Besiktas. So sometime next week oh, we'll be here. Awesome. Okay. Uh, as a way of announcement, we're still waiting on on enough to to make that second run. I think we need twenty, right, before we can yeah something along that line. fire it up again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll put out another um, announcement once they get once we have everything in hand, you know, and then you know obviously sometimes things change when people get to see them and have them in hand. So yeah, so once we get to twenty again, it's it's to cover our costs on the on the second run. Uh, the good news about that is if we get enough. For the second run, then we'll have plenty to, to give away. We want to do some giveaways on Twitter, some giveaways here on the show, um, uh, just because we're really excited about about this scarf. So send Josh a DM on Twitter if you're interested in buying one. Josh, you want to give him some details on that? Yeah, so uh, the scarves run for about $30 each shipped. Um, if you obviously if you buy multiple, you get a shipping discount. Um, but otherwise, it's in celebration of Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, which started, um, you know, in the in the in May. And so, yeah, uh, like I said, we'd love to share, um, you know, something special to all of us who have worked on this thing. So, yep, yep. All right, that's all we got. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore Josh LAFC Josh on Twitter. You can hit me up at. Kirk Kinsey, and we will talk to you all on Saturday night after LAFC take on the Galaxy for El Trafico once again. Until then, bye.